Welcome to the work from home edition of the Market Week in Review for the week ending May 8th, 2020. My name is Julie Zhang and I'm joined today by our Chief Investment Strategist, Eric Vistabin. Welcome, Eric. Morning. It's good to see you virtually. <laughs> so wonderful to see you. I hope you and your family are doing well. We are. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about three items. One is the negative job market with coupled with a positive stock market. Second is the state of the European economy and the world. And the third is the impact on the U.S. national debt. So let's start. Um, so we've seen a massive increase in unemployment. What does this mm -hmm. mean for investors in their actual portfolios? Yeah, so you know, I think that both the facts that you mentioned that um, a horrible non-farm payroll, uh, epically bad, uh, historically bad non-farm payroll report uh, came out today in the states. Uh, uh, we lost twenty and a half million jobs in April, um, and uh, unemployment is now just shy of fifteen percent, which is you know kind of unimaginable, fourteen point seven percent. Um, the and the stock market, you know, open trading at about up one percent. So uh, I think that reconfirms what we've been talking a lot about as we've gone through this crisis is that April was going to be, in our opinion, largely a, a month of lots of data, not a lot of news. Um, you know, it's not something is not news if you expected it to happen. And I think that's really the way to think about this jobs number. We knew by the jobless claims that we've had, you know, 33 million jobless claims over the last seven weeks. So we knew April jobs numbers were going to be horrible. Uh, March wasn't particularly good. April's are horrible. May's probably won't be very good. And, and you know, we're, we seem to probably be petering out in, in, in some of that, hopefully, in terms of the negative effects. Um, the good news in the jobs report is that the majority of those workers uh, actually indicated that they were furloughed rather than their jobs were kind of permanently lost, which is really consistent with this theme that we've been talking about, that the government relief, the fiscal spending and the Federal Reserve moves have all been in an effort to make sure that companies uh, don't go out of business as a result. And, and really, it isn't saving the shareholders. It isn't saving the company itself that is the, the, the objective. The, the goal is to save jobs. So, you know, back to those furloughed workers that when we actually get into a, 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 a stage where we're recovering and the economy is beginning to reopen, um, which it looks like we're beginning to see that in at least some of the states in the United States, we're beginning to see it in, in some of the countries in Europe. And I think that as long as the virus, as it is, is, is that the, the curve is going the right direction. As long as that's the case, I think you're going to continue to see job, you know, kind of the economy go back to a function. So those people are expected to go back to work. Um, and I think that's what the market is, is, is kind of expecting, which is the, the news it saw today was the news that it broadly expected, which is, you know, bad, horrible, historically bad. Um, but again, uh, I was expected. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing play out. And that's really been the dynamic is we talked about going into April, um, that we thought that would be the dynamic all throughout the month of April. It was, and this is kind of the capstone to that, that, that kind of news cycle. Great point, Eric. It's not news if it's expected. Mm -hmm. So second question is around the EU. So the EU is facing a deep recession. What could this mean mm -hmm. for the rest of the world? Well, we should be really 
careful about that. The world is expecting a deep recession. The U.S. is expecting a deep uh, recession. Now, the Canadian numbers came out this morning, too, and they were just as bad, right? The, 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 except their unemployment rate only got to 13, negative 30 to 13%, which is, you know, that is the ultimate in uh, qualified good news. Um, Europe numbers have been bad as, as well. Uh, some of the European countries got into the lockdown, like Italy, um, uh, you know, before the rest of the world did. Um, what you've seen in the in in Europe was last week we saw their first quarter GDP number. It was about negative four percent, which was a little better actually than the U.S. number in the first quarter, which was closer to negative five percent. So, you know, kind of better in the, the first quarter. Um, looks like the second quarter is a little tougher, particularly in the services category. What we've seen is. Um, kind of PMIs, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, purchasing manager index surveys as a good kind of current barometer of business conditions. And what we've seen, uh, not unexpectedly, right, the, the market, you know, the economy is closed, and particularly services sectors have been the hardest hit. Interestingly enough, those were the strongest parts of our economy, both in the U.S. and, and globally, uh, or at least in Europe. The, the services sector was really kind of the strength of the economy, you know, four months ago, um, and they're just getting devastated, which is not Surprising, right? Because we're not actually, in, you know, we're not actually engaging in services-oriented businesses right now. In the U.S., we've seen a collapse in that services PMI. Um, the, the the collapse in Europe has been a little more pronounced. Some of those surveys, again, 50 is the line of demarcation between expansion and contraction. The services PMI um, is is down kind of in the teens, kind of the low teens for most uh, of Europe. Manufacturing is better than that. Um, the year, the American, the U.S. numbers are a little better than that, but they're not great. And and in many parts, you know, things in countries like China and South Korea, um, numbers are actually getting better. So you've got kind of a mixed bag in terms of when people hit this crisis. Uh, so Europe right now um, is 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 in you know is having difficulty just like we are. I think one of the headlines. Um, this week, for instance, the stock 600 index in Europe, European stock index, was up about one percent. The S&P 500 is up about three percent, which basically gets us back to where we were at the beginning of last week. Uh, the reality is, I think part of that lag was there was a court um, ruling in Germany that uh, what the ECB is currently doing in terms of its asset purchase program is illegal. Uh, I don't think that's really uh, a serious headline. I think it costs some volatility. But ultimately, I think what's going to happen is a report's going to be written as to why these are necessary. And it's ultimately what the ECB is doing is, is going to be approved. So I, I don't see that as a major stumbling block, but it probably gave some adjective in the marketplace. Otherwise, I think Europe is largely, you know, kind of in a same kind of pattern as the U.S. It has some advantages. It has some disadvantages relative to the U.S. But by and large, we're, we're kind of all in the soup together. Um, and, you know, we're all hopefully going to get better together in the second half of this year. Uh, and, and I think that's still what the market's broadly expecting. I guess we are all in it together for good or for bad. Great perspective from the European markets. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I know that's good news, but yeah, we have company. Yeah. So with the amount of stimulus entering the system, we've heard a lot of headlines around the overall national debt. Mm -hmm. um, is this something we should be concerned about, given that stimulus measures are happening around the globe? One, it's it's a long term concern, but you know when you're uh, kind of in a situation where you're treating a, a critically ill patient, you know you you may not care that the scars aren't you know the the cutting that you the surgery scars that you're leaving are not exactly uh, you, they may be causing some damage. You kind of kind of have to fix those later. Um, you got to save the patient. 
And um, I think that's really where the Fed is. That's really where the Treasury is. That's where the entire government in the U.S. and, and Europe. I mean, let's let's be clear. I mean, all of these kind of policies that we've been talking about, you know, 13 percent of the U.S. GDP has been dedicated to fiscal stimulus. Um, uh, this year within the last couple of months and, and kind of globally, that number is 9%. So, you know, debt, sovereign debt's going up everywhere in the world. Ours is going up more than most. Our debt to GDP ratio, which was already moving up because we were running about a trillion dollar deficit prior to the crisis. Um, and, you know, now that number for the 2020 is probably gonna be 4 trillion. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin said that he's going to, you know, uh, he's going to float three trillion dollars worth of incremental debt, which is roughly the size of the the package, the fiscal relief package of two point seven trillion that they passed, plus partly some of the, just the running deficit. Um, so three trillion, when you start doing the number, that one hundred seven debt to GDP ratio is going to go to one hundred twenty. Um, and, and, you know, it's still not what we've seen in, in countries like Japan where it's over 200. Um, but it is getting to the area where it's become troubling. Um, and it is something ultimately that the government's going to have to address. And we're, you know, ultimately we're probably going to have to do uh, a better job of keeping our fiscal house in order and figuring out how to readjust those and, and potentially start bringing that debt to GDP ratio down or at least stop letting it grow. Um, but that's more of a chronic medical condition. Uh, that over time has a cumulative effect. Um, uh, right now, the, the, the goal for policymakers is to keep the U.S. economy alive, and it'll deal with, you know, hopefully we'll deal with the negative impacts of the things that we've done to save that the economy. Uh, we'll actually do a little bit later. So I think in reality, um, this is something that is, you know, long-term troubling and something to keep an eye on. Uh, but I think, you know, something at this point, uh, that is needed for the global economy to, to, to survive, the U.S. economy to survive. Um, so I think in that light, it's, it's something, a longer term problem, but not something you need to be really concerned about right away. Thank you so much for your time, Eric, and your sharing your insights. Thank you all for joining us. We hope you and your family stay healthy and safe. See you next time. See you then. Mm-hmm.